Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start this. I woke up this morning with the sun down shining in. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... I'm uh, I'm I'm back. I, I'm I'm very glad that Kevin has has joined us now because uh, I I feel I feel weird about times when I can't be on the podcast. But at least there's a, a quorum, uh, and and you know that that frees me up to go cover the exciting world of local government uh, mm. as I as I do uh, as, as I texted to someone in in one of my classes the other day. Uh, some of the people that go to public meetings to comment about things to their council members are, you know, grade A wing nuts. But bless their hearts, they care about sidewalks and stop signs more than I've ever cared about anything in my rotten millennial life. So it's parks uh, and rec. It is. It really is. You it know, really it, it's uh, yeah. People people love to talk about how uh, the world of modern like you know national politics is much more like veep than it is like the west wing uh but i think it's something that goes very under discussed that local government is pretty much 100 percent parks and rec all the time so yeah yes. the, uh, I'm, as, I'm as someone I'm who's that. as someone who's had a, a little bit of experience with local government stuff uh as i think max has too um the problem is is the things happen with with people who show up and you're like no one's going to show up but the same people show up every week and that's what takes you straight to hell (laughs) (laughs) yes but but it's you know i do in the way that parks and rec leaves you feeling you know kind of warm and fuzzy like it i have noticed that you know some of some of my cynicism has melted away because it really is by and large it's people on kind of like on both sides of a public meeting people who really care about stuff so like that's that's kind of neat um yeah and, and you know thinking about things that we care about i remember a time in my life where the single coolest activity that one could do for one's birthday party short of laser tag which was obviously the pinnacle of everyone's <laughs> life naturally yeah was a trip <laughs> To Uptown New Orleans, to Rock and Bowl. Oh, what is what is what is that? Well, since apparently I have to explain how names work to you, Rock and <laughs> Bowl true? was a place that had live music, but most of the time it was a bowling alley. Oh, okay. Was it both yeah. at once? Uh, yeah. I, I I believe that while well that was the the live music was more it would sort of turn into like a, a non all ages place in the in the nighttime hours, uh, mm-hmm. but you know twelve year old birthday parties tend to happen at like four p.m. So yes. um, it it's and it's it's actually it's still there it's moved to a different location but uh, uh, actually I, I said uptown I God I'm I'm losing losing touch with my roots more mid city. Uh, but yeah, rock and bowl was the place to be. It was just like, it was so much fun. You could put on those shoes that are, are gross and yet somehow endearing, uh, uh, young boys try to show off by 
trying to bowl a ball that's way too heavy for them. Um, inevitably, somebody decides to put the bumpers up so you can bowl strikes every time. And it's just like, you know, you'd put stuff on the jukebox. And <clears throat> it was so much fun. And and I think when, when we kind of were kicking this around, because we are going to talk about bowling this week and you know is it is it bigger than than we think it is and by we i might mean me but now how does it exist currently as opposed to this bygone era of if you watched the irishman recently or you're like me and watched five easy pieces for unknown reasons um bowling used to be kind of a date night activity or something you just did regularly uh, you might have had a you know your local alley, and now I think of it as something that is more, as Sean said before, bougie. Uh, I know Max, you have a, a special place to mention later. But growing up, was there a local alley that was the place you all went to bowl? Was that really a thing in your small town America? Yeah, Leo's Baldon Alley Bowl Away. <laughs> But it was the little, it was, um, for those of you listeners who aren't from New England, we bowled with very small balls. Um, we didn't handle, they weren't the big balls with the holes in them for your fingers. They're, they're small balls. Um, duck pin bowling. No, yeah, I think that's also popular in Maryland, but I have never encountered it. Or candle Kevin, pin, maybe. A candle pin, duck pin. Yeah, I've heard the terms, never seen it. Kevin, you you living in in slightly more rural Virginia, uh, you definitely had the real deal bowling alley experience growing up. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean there were two things to do in the town. One yeah, as a teenager, <clears throat> one was to go to the the three cinema movie theater, and the other one was to go to the bowling alley. That um, you know, definitely people just went there and chain smoked the whole time. And when you got home, you were covered in smoke, and it was great. I don't think you're being an Im- imaginative enough. How many water towers were there? Because drink under each one of those water towers is a thing to do. Oh, yeah. But I guess we uh, we weren't creative enough to think of that one. But <clears throat> but yeah, like like Sean said, I mean, it was it was a fun time to uh, again when you're a teenager and you're kind of too cool to play in the parks. Um, people would use it as an excuse to um, like when when you got home like. I didn't smoke cigarettes, but if I did, I could just be like, I was at the bowling alley, and you know, <laughs> no one would care. Uh, and as far as the juke jukebox, it was a nice combo because that was, um, you know, when I was in a very non-conformist music phase, I'd like to go to the jukebox and play my 20-minute-long progressive metal songs. They had that cost the same amount as, uh, yeah, of course. And they were on the jukebox, so I would only have to pay for one song, but I got to play for 20 minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, I mean, but anyway, yes, the bowling, bowling alley was a prime place for uh, a, a long, a long gone relic of Americana: the cigarette vending machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and I think that's really important here. As I, I have, I have no bowling alley stories from from my teenage years or anything. I'm glad you all do because it, it is, in some ways, a, a bygone era. You you just hit on really important American things. Uh, a place where people can congregate, you know, this this kind of social, uh, cultural hub. Um, uh, cigarettes out of vending machines, capitalism at its finest, truly. Um, jukeboxes, which are which are a really cool thing that you know, just the democratization of music. You know, anybody who has a quarter can go play music. 
um, and, and having this kind of leisure, but it's also a sport, sort of. It's a game, and you can be competitive. This sounds really, really great, but I don't think people enjoy it that way anymore. At least I am attuned to the places I have been. Are there a place in Georgetown called Pinstripes? And um, I think there are various places called, like, Lucky Strike. And it's a bowling alley, but you can also get fancy cocktails and a nice dinner. And maybe they have bocce courts and nice TVs. It's not the dingy experience that is still so much fun of that you are all are describing. Yeah, and they, just, they actually just opened a place called the Eleanor uh, in Silver Spring. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which uh, uh, is is sparking laughs because of something we discussed before recording. Uh, one of those great draconian rules that Pierce wants to impose on society to you know to alleviate his own personal discomforts uh, and, and not wanting anyone to be able to have a name that is the followed by another word. Um, but it's it's been billed as a bowling lounge. Uh, with a, a bar and grill <laughs> attached to it. And I, I think that you are sort of right, only in in typical It's Pretty Okay podcast fashion. Like We're all being kind of narrow-minded because we're all in roughly similar uh, kind of locations and, and uh, life cohorts, if you will. Uh, Correct. And, and, you know, like in College Park off of uh, the UMD campus, there's just like there's Bolero, uh, which seems to be very much like a regular dingy bowling alley. And so, like, I think that I would say that I think that we all probably have uh, in 2020 a very skewed picture of like what society's interaction with bowling is like. Yeah, and that that is absolutely correct. Living in urban areas that you know, in these coastal elite type areas, there's a very good chance that if you are living in a more small town place or a rural place, the bowling alley, which might be Bowl America as opposed to a a bougified place, there might be active recreational leagues that are going on, and maybe you have a bowling club at your school, but. That is certainly not what I experience and not what I'm seeing. Uh, and I think there's a Bull America in Falls Church, but I've never seen cars in the lot. Now, Max, you know, you might set, shed some light on this because I think that these places might still exist in the city of Boston. <laughs> yeah. And But Boston, in some ways, is the biggest small town in, in yeah. the world. Um, so I've been to that Bull America in Falls Church. <laughs> <laughs> I left probably reeking of cigarettes. <laughs> it was a good time. Um, I, I would recommend going there. Um, it's the classic, what do you want? And you get a pitcher of beer and you, and you bowl and it's, it's fun. Um, yeah, so Boston's interesting. Boston is bougifying in different neighborhoods. So there's the Seaport neighborhood, which is kind of reminiscent of Arlington in the sense of it's, it's fairly new. It's very built up. There's a Warby Parker and an L.L. Bean and all these things. There's a King's there. Kings is sort of like an upscale Dave and Buster's, which is Ooh, something nobody oh. knew they needed. Uh, but that has bowling in it. 
Um, and that's kind of similar to the, the kind of bougie bowling I think Pierce was talking about. There's also a, a Jillian's Lucky Strike, which sounds like it's that's a, that's a national chain, perhaps. And, it might and be. to your point, it's like this very gaudy bowling place that's also an arcade and a fancy bar. And there's it's a it's kind of like I don't know if you've been to an ESPN zone, but they're they're inching closer and closer to being an ESPN zone, which is a cool place. But there is a hidden gem, and there's probably a few, but there's one gem in East Boston. Central Park Lanes. And Central Park Lanes probably hasn't changed much since 1980 at the latest. Uh, it's cash only. Um, it's very affordable. It's maybe 10 candle pin lanes. And you do your scoring on paper. You can't go on league nights. I think league nights are, uh, I forget, maybe Thursdays and Saturdays or something. And other than that, you go. It's like 6 bucks an hour. Um, they don't really have an official policy, but it's it's BYOB. Uh, Ooh. You just kind of don't say anything, and you just bring <laughs> in a thirty of Budweiser and drink it. Um, yeah. And it's it's very gruff. There's a jukebox, and it's it's a really it's very different from from Jillian's Lucky Strike or, or King's. But it's it's maybe more what you're what you're talking about. It's yeah. It's awesome. And and I think that you you've kind of hit on these these two different camps that are important here, which is there is the traditional style bowling, and there is the bowling, but it's really an event. You're you're going bowling because it's an event. You're not going to go regularly. It's it's the it's the occasional. It's the event driven versus the regular. Uh, you know, truly there. And, and I guess one of the, the questions I I have in this, and I think, Sean, you, you kind of reframed it to me when I was struggling with this, which is I see things like axe throwing, and I saw something this weekend that's basically archery. Instead of paintball, take paintball guns out of it and replace them with archery so you're shooting arrows at people. And some of these, like, rustic feeling, let me put on my car hearts because I'm a tough, outdoorsy person, and I'm, you know going to put on work boots and all this stuff and I'm going to do these very old school outdoor sports or something like that and I feel like bowling fits into that but I maybe was thinking of it incorrectly because these aren't things people are doing all the time it is still kind of showy and event driven well yeah I mean one of the things is that we we coastal elite uh, millennial types are are a notably a notably soft group uh, and, and so <laughs> there, there does seem to have been a, a, a real wave of, uh, co-opting, really just like co-opting working class shit and, yeah. and making it fancy for non-working class people. Like, you know, none of us, I, I would imagine have ever really had the kind of job where it like makes sense to buy a Carhartt jacket because you need the proper protection from the elements while you're outside doing work with your hands. Um, but you might be the kind of mid-grade hype beast that wants to get the newest Carhartt collaboration with like a, you know, a happening streetwear brand uh, through their works in progress label. Uh, that's a thing that exists. Uh, you know, you, you might, uh, uh, I mean, shit. Vaping is just like an out, kind of, you know, an outgrowth of the fact that smoking became cool again for a while. 
Yeah. Uh, or or it's but it's it's got the added thing with all of these, which is I'm doing axe throwing, but also I'm having a cocktail. I'm having an old fashioned. I right. I'm smoking, but it's 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 better than yeah, than a yeah. cigarette. We we want to show that we're conversant in the language of the blue collar, but without getting any you know w- without rubbing any of that denim color off on our freshly starched white collars i, I don't want to leave smelling like cigarettes <laughs> exactly <laughs> i want to smell re- like tutti frutti tm or whatever it is i want to smell like burnt the burnt rosemary that went in my oh, 14 dollar cocktail <laughs> it was only 14 dollars. sign me up for that yeah, yeah um, man but Sounds but great. i mean you know kevin i don't know when the last time you bowled was but if someone if someone invited you to an event that had bowling around it, I mean, would you be more attracted to uh, the 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 cash only place that Max said, or or do you want the environment of of this? I don't want to give it away, but like you know, the bougie place that that uh, just opened up with the the in the name. Yeah, uh, so I actually have revisited that front row bowling alley maybe a year and a half ago. Um, oh, good, and good. So it, you know, it cleaned itself up a bit. It it was still very busy, but it, you're not allowed to smoke in there anymore. Um, <laughs> they up they up the food, so it's you know not the grossest food you've ever seen. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that it was it was a just, it was a bit more family oriented, though it was mm. it still wasn't like you know a nice bougie place because um, yeah. you're not going to get that. Uh, in a rural area but yeah i mean i think at i mean at this point I'm, if you're asking me to compare a byob place to a non-byob place i'm probably going to pick the byob place but if i kind of had to pick the watered down version of like the old grungy place versus the bougie thing i kind of would pick the bougie thing at that point like i, I kind of want the extreme of either one yeah, and and I think for me, what I'm realizing, and weirdly, it does connect with you know Sean, what you mentioned at the beginning, which wasn't bowling, but there, uh, and it gets it gets discussed occasionally, but it's kind of the loss of the public forum. Sometimes people will point to the barbershop, and that that feels really played out to mention that as a public forum. But these are places where, you know, people can go and they can congregate and maybe there's an activity at hand, but you can also go and it can be family oriented or you have league night. And so you have a bunch of different people, maybe from different backgrounds and different careers that are meeting up and maybe doing something together or doing something competitively. And it's this, this focal point and they can discuss other things, you know, they can update on, oh, I did this at the, you know, whatever my organization is, or I've been doing this at work. My kid's baseball team is doing well. Um, these types of bowling valleys that you're describing in Front Royal or, you know, Leo's that you had, Max, are kind of a throwback to that. And I think that that's what I am kind of maybe yearning for. Because when you go to a place like Pinstripes or Kings or Lucky Strike, it is event-based. People are not going there regularly. You're not going to give an update next week at league night about how, uh, you know, your kid's playoff basketball game went. Um you're just going there with people who are probably not from as wide a, a breadth of, of careers and paths. And again, it's not regular. And so I think I want there to be these public forums, which is maybe naive of me because they could very well be dead, or I'm just choosing not to interact with them. Yeah, well, so 
I mean, are you if if Leo's opened up an Arlington branch tomorrow, would you go join a boiling, bowling league? The Bowl America Falls Church is what you're looking for, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, you... uh, so there's a lot of there's a lot of caveats here. I, I I am not a very good bowler, so so I'd have to ease into it first. But uh, I I I think that. What I'm, I'm more looking for where those places exist, and if this is how it should be, if this is the place it does exist, maybe I want to explore it. Yes. So what I'm driving at is that it's not it's not the the establishment, necessarily speaking, that makes one of these places a gathering spot. It's the people. It's whether the people choose to use a place as a gathering spot. So like if you like if you had a group of friends that wanted to go meet up for you know a weekly bowl and beers night at pinstripes i mean you'd all go broke in six weeks because georgetown (laughs) is stupid but but you could do that you you have the power this is this is some captain planet shit you have the power so yeah so like i mean and that's that's i suppose is a bit of a cop-out because the answer in basically any related scenario is just like well, but you could make you could make a place a public forum. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's that's absolutely true, and that's that's part of it. And what I'm hearing is that you can make the place, and that place may have used to have been the bowling alley, but now it must be something else. I don't know if it's. I mean, for all I know, it could be it could be a you know a local Reddit page, a subreddit right now. That could honestly be what it is. Maybe that's what's yeah. taken over for it. Um, but I mean, I think that there's part of it with bowling is that there is some humor in you know physically uh, engaging competition with other people, or you know the the mention of the cigarette smoke, which is gross, but at the same time, it is a tangible reminder of i was at the bowling alley i have been marked with with the bowling alley and you don't get that there aren't you can't even get stickers for your local subreddit or however you're connecting if you're on woolly mammoth or whatever it's called i mean shit are we the are we the last generation that's gonna have like really widespread kind of like strong associations with cigarette smoke i'm just like you know that like if I smell cigarette smoke, it, immediately, like, six different things all rush to my mind. And, like, for people who who are growing up with vaping being prevalent, or e- or even just the, the better thing, which is people having a better awareness that smoking is really awful for you and just not doing it, like, I, you know, they're, they're losing out on they're they're losing out on some fun sense memory and they're probably trading that for 17 extra years of life and that's fine that's well they're they're winning but well no because then when you walk behind someone with a giant vape and then you get this big (laughs) wind of um of of kind of mist that smells like birthday cake and you're like what the hell yeah that's the new association you're, you're trading you're trading nostalgic sense memory for awful sense memory yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's interesting you talk about the, the groups of people like congregating because I will say I mentioned that we have a, a Jillian's Lucky Strike here, we have the Kings here, both kind of bougie, fancy, upscale, expensive. 
nice neighborhoods. And then we have this Central Park Lanes. And I have two very distinct groups of friends, one of whom regularly goes to Central Park Lanes, although not on a schedule. And the other one actually invited me. They say, we oh, we go every Wednesday for like a, not a league night, but like just like our own little league night. So my question is like, well, that's great. I think it's awesome that they're supporting the business. But obviously, as we've kind of dug into like, the Kings and the and the and the Jillians are the ones kind of marketed at people like me. But if we're choosing to go to Central Park Lanes, what does that mean for the future of bowling? I mean, is Central Park Lanes going to become more expensive, or like what does that say about us and about uh, like? I know that you you get into a little bit of like oh the the, the rich man stealing the poor man's beer and and coffee and and, and axe throwing. Yeah. yeah. Is it just? Uh, that? Well, if it can, is it sustainable? If it can operate at a volume and can just appreciate the volume of it's a place that everyone wants to go and everyone can go, uh, if, if that is sufficient for it, if they own the building, if they can do that, then yeah, maybe it'll stay the same or relatively the same. But if it's something where they're renting and they realize, hey, we've got some people in here that everybody wants to go, but some of the everybody can afford to go to a, a more expensive place then yeah, you you're going to be at the whims of of probably a, a rental type economy where they mm-hmm. are renting their building. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's the key to it, which is you're describing a place where everybody can go or everybody wants to go and everybody can go, and that is a thing that I hope is preserved somewhere. I don't I don't know what it is. I mean, hope I, I even hope that the internet is preserved in that in that way that it's a place everybody wants to go and everybody can go, but. Um, you know, maybe that's not maybe that's not a not a promise, but I, I mean, I think I think what all of this has has made me realize is that the next time we're all in the same place, we gotta go bowling. Yeah, we gotta go bowling. Oh yeah. You know, I've I've thought about this before, and we'll have to do a future podcast on it. But we would actually go to an escape room, which is an expensive thing. Not oh. everybody can go I, to. I would I would do that too. I think I just what we did should, one of no. those. Who said I think what we should do is we should just do a uh, like a decathlon of all the bougie things. Like we'll do oh, top golf, we'll do yeah. bougie bowling, we'll do that, that sounds axe throwing, and then after all, we'll be out you know two thousand bucks each. But yeah, well, and <laughs> that's and that's a perfect time. Uh, we will do a special thing for the listeners that pay for that, where we'll also videotape it for them. But uh, you know, we're taking we're taking donations for that. Yes, please of- please get in touch. It's pretty okay at g- uh, pretty okay pod at gmail no, it's it's pretty okay at gmail.com. We, you know what? That's never mind. We don't use that email address. Tweet at us at pretty okay pod. Yeah. God yeah. damn it. We'll set up a Venmo Get account. Get the technology. Yeah, you up. can you can just you can just Venmo <laughs> any of us too for that. It'll be fun. We'll video it. Max is a great video person. Check our website. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Uh, so on that note, we will move on to Pierce is sorry. Uh, what are you apologizing for today? Um, so I got an email a couple weeks ago that I got excited about, and, um, that is ultimately what I'm, I'm sorry about, uh, which is I got an email from Experian and it said, congratulations on being on time for your payments for the last six months. And it just reminded me how frustrating this, like this looming thing of, of credit you know, credit scores and credit card debt and that whole industry and that we've got a couple people watching you all the time and sending you these things and telling what's good or bad. And they also send emails that say, 
oh, oh, here are all the special benefits you can get for doing what we've said you're supposed to do. And it just, I feel bad for, and I should discontinue the emails, but I do kind of need them. Uh, uh, and I do kind of need them to know these things because it does hang over your head. You do want your credit monitored. But they are just so, I think, uncomfortable in in the ways that they target you and are always telling you, like, hey, you're doing great or you should do this instead and everything else. And I I really hope that I can tune that out because I don't like the grip that, you know, a credit agency has on you. And uh, so I'm I'm sorry for letting Experian uh, make me think twice about how I'm choosing to pay off debts and everything else. Yeah, I mean, you gotta, you have to remember that uh, if you, if you are a responsible user of credit cards and pay your balance, you know, pay your card off in full every month and don't actually carry a a month to month balance, they fucking hate you. They don't want you to have good credit. They want you to have to pay interest. Yeah, and that, and that's that's definitely the doing what I think I'm supposed to do and then feeling uncomfortable. Or, or feel like I'm really being looked upon about it is it's just an uncomfortable feeling and it's really unfortunate. And you know, like Arya Stark said to the look the god of death in the eye and said, "Not today." We look the god of credit card debt in the eye and say, "You go fuck yourself." Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And and they and they do by sharing all our data with <clears throat> China. Basically. God damn it. We can't yeah. win. We can't win even when we win. Shit. Nope. Um, but. Uh, there are some people who do win, and and that's that's the subject of uh, our big idea from pop culture this week. Now, I don't know uh, if either of you are intimately familiar uh, with the uh, the the process that occurs when an NHL team loses not one but two of its goaltenders to injury. Uh, in the NFL, you have three quarterbacks on a roster, and you have someone sort of like designated as the third quarterback. They're like an emergency backup. Well, the NHL has emergency backup goaltenders, and they're pretty much jamokes off the street who happen to be pretty good at hockey who are kind of uh, on retainer uh, to home teams. And so any given night... Uh, I think there there may there may only be one, but I think there actually might even be two uh, potential emergency backup goaltenders provided by the home team. And uh, the nightmare scenario happened. Uh, I think uh, I want to say maybe over the weekend uh, yes. for the Carolina Hurricanes. And so a mm-hmm. fellow by the name of David Ayers, who at one time in the recent-ish past, was a Zamboni driver, was pressed into service. He won the fucking game despite giving up goals on the first two or first uh, two of the first three shots that he faced. Uh, still won 6-3 against the Maple Leafs, who are an incredibly potent offense. Uh, and there are a few different things that I really love about his story uh, that I... I got to hear kind of in detail when he was on the Dan Lebitard show on Monday. Uh, one is that uh, he played for free. Uh, he was he was ultimately given 
money like the hurricanes players uh hooked him up after the game but uh officially he did not earn he did not directly earn any money for the game um and two much more importantly uh not expecting that he was going to get into the game uh he did two things earlier that day one is that he did a heavy leg workout <laughs> and two, my personal favorite part of all of this is that he ate a meal right before the game. He ate a Reuben. He ate a mm. Reuben goddamn sandwich before playing in a professional <laughs> hockey game, and he won. He and you know what? That just proves to me that there are heroes in life. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes the good guys really do win. So, shouts yeah. to David Ayers, shouts to Ruben Sandwiches, uh, yeah, just go go out there and live your dreams, kids. Yeah, because if he and can do, do a Ruben before, <laughs> uh, right. eat a Ruben That's before right. doing it. <laughs> uh-huh. Ruben's before base jumping. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. So, well, except for the person behind you. <laughs> oh God. Uh, okay, that is the end of the show. Uh, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty OK Pod or at our home on the web www.prettyokpod.com. Uh, do do holler at us if you want to sponsor uh, a video bowling podcast. Uh, we're we're joking, but we're also maybe not joking. If you want to pay us for that, we'll definitely do it. Um, well, you can laugh at how poorly we do an escape room ex- too. I'm sure. Exactly. Uh, well, we probably can't video an escape room. You know, for... Yeah, but we can live tweet how poorly we're doing. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Um, uh, yeah, so so check us out in those places. You can subscribe to the feed on your device and podcast app of choice. If you do that, please do us a favor. Leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share it with them as well. We'll be back again next week, as always, to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Bye. Someone painted April Fool's in big black letters on a dead end sign. I had my foot on the gas as I left the road and blew out my mind. Eight miles out of Memphis and I got no square. Eight miles straight up downtown somewhere. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. I said I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in.